Welcome back to the Planet Jesus podcast. It's uh, been a good minute since we've been together and uh, wanted to try to get something down here. It's Labor Day. I haven't uh, done a podcast since uh, 2020, December of 2020, uh, although I have worked on a new podcast called Rethinking the Gospel, and I've got a couple of episodes out there and I'm continuing to work on those. Uh, but this is uh, episode uh, 21. And it's on the topic of cancel culture. It's been something that's been on my mind for pretty much the last year uh, because of all of the division that we have seen. We've seen racial division uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement. We've seen um, divisions around uh, um, religion. And we see that right now with the, the Taliban in Afghanistan and people's reactions towards um, Muslims. And then we've seen that in uh, the vaxxers and the no-vaxxers with all this COVID uh, pandemic around us and people taking divided positions on these very critical topics. And I think that it's important for us to realize uh, that um, when we live in a world that is as complex as the one that we find ourselves in right now, that there's going to be a spectrum of opinions. Uh, there's going to be people on both ends. And the farther you get from one another, the more wrong the other person is going to seem. Um, in the past, we've had a mechanism uh, for judging as a culture what was right and what was wrong. And, and uh, the ancients called it sin. And we defined it very as clearly as we could. And, and sometimes it was taken to extremes in, its, in the way that we judged it. And and as we sit and we judge at times uh, what's going on with the Taliban and the way they treat women and their response, their reaction towards uh, homosexuals and, and just all of that, they have a law that governs what they believe to be right and wrong. And when we sit back and we look at uh, the, the conditions that exist and the complexity of them, and we can quick, we quickly in our mind judge, oh, no, that's right. But or that's wrong. And we just don't realize that we're all launch ships. We're all going somewhere. And we've all come from someplace and we think we're going somewhere. And on that journey, we're going to get new information. There's going to be new things that come into our life um, and into our minds that are going to cause us to reflect and cause us to think. The problem with cancel culture is that it creates no space for those learnings. Uh, the, those launch ships, whatever family you came from, wherever it was that uh, that you were launched from, they, they had a certain set of opinions. You sat around the dinner table and you talked about things or you didn't sit around the dinner table and that framed you up in a certain way. There was, there was maybe schools that you went to or didn't go to, your education or lack of education. Those are all things that affect us on our journey. So when you start to encounter other ships out there in life, and you realize, hey, they're coming from somewhere other than the port that I'm coming from. Maybe a little empathy and a little grace uh, should be shown. I, I have taken comfort in this thought when I'm trying to understand people that are as extreme and different than me. Let's say the Taliban. Or let's say um, someone who doesn't want to vaccinate because they believe in conspiracy theories. This is These are extreme positions in my mind. But what causes me to sit back and take a, a, a more empathetic approach is that I think, had I been 
ship launched from the ports that they were launched from. Had I grown up in the areas and with the culture that they grew up, would I behave any differently? Would I know intuitively right and wrong? And I think the answer is no. I think I would have been that person. I don't think I would have been any different than some of the people that I might judge that are far on that spectrum of people who judge righteousness. Let's just look at righteousness or the rightness of life as a continuum. And on one end, you've got this very extreme and they people these people think that they're right. And you get over here to this side and people think that they're right and they end up canceling one another. And I think that that leads us down a very dark path of, of because there's no place to go. We don't, we don't invite people into a space or into a, um, a roomy enough place for them to have thoughts developed in them or to recognize maybe the error of their ways and, and begin to uh, make change. Um, and I know it's ancient and it's passe, but I, I'm a Christian and I love the scriptures. I don't love the way that they've always been interpreted. And I think they've been interpreted with a lack of empathy and they've been interpreted in a way that was uh, literalistic, that hurt people. But when you, when you step back for a minute and you look at the, the, the program that, that, that the, the Hebrew and the Christian scriptures kind of produce, uh, and, and I'm using that word very loosely, when you look at that program that, that Christianity and, and, and Judaism has produced, it's a, it's a program uh, where someone who has done wrong has a place to go. We call it repentance, reconciliation, forgiveness, and then, uh, and, and then finally, it's just full redemption, full, full reconciliation. We're back into relationship. The whole goal of the, of the Hebrew and Christian scriptures is to get humanity back in relationship with God, and by doing that, back in relationship with one another. And it's, a bit, it's, it's hard to do. It's, forgiveness is challenging. But if we don't create a space for people, this, uh, then, then we're doomed to having greater and greater separations, greater and greater anxiety, cultural splits. And, and God knows that we have so many things that are coming against this planet right now. So many things that are threatening us that we've got to work together. We, you see down here in Louisiana, we just had the hurricane come through. Uh, and, and you see people coming together. They're not asking, hey, what do you believe on vaccines? I don't know that I'm going to, you know, pull you from your flooded home. No, I'm going to take my little airboat to the next house and ask them if they're vaxxers or not. You see, this is, we're not asking those questions. When the, when, when all hell is breaking loose and, and the, and the lives of humans and animals and, and other creatures are on the line. What do we do? We get together. We solve the problems. We don't ask, uh, you know, we don't quibble over, uh, over certain belief systems. I feel like that's something that if, if, if we would just keep that mindset and not attack one another and cancel one another and socially pressure people to comply, that never works either, does it? Uh, it never works to put... Uh, undue pressure on people to comply with a certain set of beliefs. What we end up with most of the time is just people 
entrenching themselves in, in, in a war of justification and accusation, right? So you've got the sides of where they start with accusation and then these guys want to justify their position. So they, they dig in deeper, they get more extreme and both positions end up pulling further and further apart because they, they need that extreme to try to win that battle. They can't come to the middle. They can't come closer to one another. In order to demonize uh, the other party or the other uh, agent in this tug of war of ideas, you've got to, you've got to pull apart. Uh, but, you know, we have got to create a space. We, and, and the thing, the value, going back to the thought of the value of the Jewish and the Christian perspective on forgiveness is that what we're what we have is a place to go when we find ourselves wrong. And it's a place when we recognize that we've all been wrong. We've all believed the wrong things. We've all held on to, to destructive ideas at some point in our life. And if you say you haven't, then I feel sorry for you. Because the recognition that we've all ha had to change, and if you have not felt like you've had to change, then you're stuck you're stuck in a perspective that you know none of us was launched perfectly. None of us has been given the gift of perfect knowledge. So there is this need to kind of oh, work it out, come to understanding. And, you know, it's, um, it's, it's a challenging. Change is hard. Realizing our, our, um, our need to adjust our thinking isn't easy. But when we all recognize, that's the thing, I was looking at some verses in the scriptures earlier today, in, in the Christian scriptures, and this is in the book of Colossians, written by uh, a guy named Paul. He was an apostle, uh, one of the leaders in the early church, and he said that there is, if we are in Christ Jesus, if we've been raised uh, in Christ Jesus, and that whole imagery there is about a death has to take place. We recognize that, that we are not worthy, that we have done wrong, that we have hurt, that we've been unjust in our lifestyle and in our words. And, it's, and, and that un injustice and the hurt that we've done has to be buried, has to die. And we have a place for that, and that place is Jesus allows us to go down with him in death, and just like he was resurrected to walk in a new way, we're also resurrected with him. But we have to take on the mindset of Christ. He, there in Colossians 3, it says, that, that set your minds on things above. And, and there is an elevation over time of our lives. It just because you become a Christian doesn't mean you get a new set of brains. Uh, any non-Christians listening to me today recognize that Christianity has shown itself to be not always the best um, behaved and the most honorable. What, what, are, we, what are we given though? We're, we're given an, a, an opportunity to recognize our own depravity and to start to move towards um, a, a, a loving, more righteous mindset. You just think about anybody who's been canceled. And, and, and there was one guy I was reading about. He was an Air Force pilot. And back in the 80s, uh, when the big debate was raging about women in combat and women flying sorties, 
He wrote a paper in his mid-20s. He wrote a paper why that was inappropriate, that he shouldn't, they should not, women should not be in combat. And through time and through the discussion and through dialogue, he changed his mind. But 20 years later, when he was work, working for a promotion, someone found that article and used it to cancel him. They didn't allow him to be redeemed from a past wrong thought. They wanted to condemn him for that. And even if somebody is brought to our attention and we on the spot realize the error of our ways, it's really important to allow people to change. And then when they say, I'm sorry, and they give their statements of apology, that we take them on face value. Because if we then try to say, oh, well, that wasn't a real apology, or that was a jailhouse repentance, or whatever, then nobody gets out, nobody gets a, nobody gets out of jail. We're all bound by somebody because we've all hurt or offended somebody. So it becomes something that we really need to, to think about. In this world, you're going to have divisions and separations. You're going to have differencing opinions. And, I'm, and, and, and there is a space in the Christian perspective and in the Jewish perspective, there is a space to call out people for sin. In, in, in uh, both Matthew 5 and Matthew 18, uh, the gospel writer there says that, that if you have ought against your brother, go and you know that your brother has ought against you, go and reconcile with your brother. And then in the 18th chapter, he says, go to your brother and let him know his faults. In, in, in Matthew 5, he's saying, you know that your brother has ought against you. Maybe you did something to them. When you find discover that, you go and make it right. And then the other is true. Let's say that brother doesn't know that he's offended you, but you go and you and you approach that brother and say, hey, your lifestyle or your words or your actions, they're hurtful to me and to other people. And when you do that, they says, if your brother hears you, then you're reconciled. But if they don't, then they could broaden that scope. Go take them before a couple of other men and women and, and make your case before them. Because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, we've got to establish the thing. But notice that the, 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 the scriptures, the Hebrew and, and Christian scriptures, they don't have in their minds, in the concepts, somebody who's disinterested, who's never shown love or uh, fidelity or, 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 or grace or never been in relationship with someone. It's not, you know, when somebody pokes at me online or, or, or I see them poking at, a, at another uh, 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 Twitter feed or a person over here on Instagram and they're making fun or they're saying something or they're jabbing at them, I think to myself, you think that's going to work? They don't even know you. They don't care. You've not invested into their life to be able to correct a wrong-headed thinking. But in the scriptures, it is somebody as intimate as a brother that would go to them and ask them to, to tell them their fault. Because it's in, that, it, it's in that zone of trust where actually there can, we can hear. When I know that you love me, I know that you care for me, then I can trust that the words that you're saying to me in correction are being said uh, with, with love and grace and, and, and I can, I can pos possibly accept it. But when we 
When we create mob, a mob approach, and we tear people apart because we're not seeing them. We don't really see what's happening inside their homes and the, and the violence that we're doing to them and the psychological mess that we're creating. And there's no way for us to really know what the intentions were of a person if we don't know them. We don't know where they've come from. We don't know. Uh, we have no empathetic response for their, their path that they've journeyed. We don't know what inputs have entered into their, their, their mind and their psychological uh, framework to really properly help and support them. But man, when the mob gets going, and it seems like when things get, uh, we just jump on it, man. We find Karens and then we just, we take them out. And we've never, oh, we've never, no, none of us have ever behaved that badly. I would just like for everyone to think about a time when you just lost it. And if that was videoed, you just lost your mind. And who hasn't? At some point, you've just gone off your rocker. Think about it for a minute and think, well, what if that was videoed? And then some big, um, you know, witch hunter out there would post that and mock you and make fun of you and call into question everything about you and your character. And then your boss calls you up and fires you because you made a mockery of the company or whatever. None of us wants to go there. None of us wants the videotape of our life displayed to everyone. And so let's have some grace. When we do accidentally either ourselves get caught or we catch others, let's not use that as an opportunity to drive our points home. There's a little bit of the Lord of the Flies going on here. And we find some vulnerable person and there's a bit of a cathartic um, f uh, uh, experience that we have as we begin to virtually kill one another and thrust through and 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 we find our you know piggies out there and we just we try to destroy them we try to kill them and what a dark place so that we can scapegoating is a psychological effect that we're trying to hide our own fears and concerns about our own inadequacies inadequacies and so what do we do? We find, we get in with a crowd and we find some vulnerable thing, person to just put, pour out all of our fear on. And it's normally manifested as violent words or violent actions. And, and or mockery or some sort of crude joking. Demeaning somebody. God help us to, to find a path forward. In, in further down in Colossians 3, after we've put off the old man and the old spirit and that old nature, when we begin to learn and discover new things, it says, put on the new person. Put on the new person. We've got to allow people time to put on the old person. The old that, that old habits are hard to break. But if we'll give people grace to come into a space a, help, a safe space to learn and to mature and to grow, eventually we'll produce people through our relationships, through our conversations, through us saying, definitely raising our hand and saying, it hurts when you say that. It, it, it frightens me when you go there. 
We've seen bigotry and racism and, and religious discrimination. We've seen all of that. Let's not let it, let's not let it exist in us. And when we see it exist in someone close to us, let's say something with grace and love and kindness, and let's see if we can recover them. Because we will never recover the other through public shaming. That's not going to work. Public shaming is not going to get it done. What will get it done is grace and mercy and long-suffering. Again, another book that Paul wrote is uh, the book of Romans. And he's writing to this Roman church, and they're all divided. You've got the, the weak and the strong. You've got those who believe in celebrating certain Jewish holidays and eating certain Jewish foods and, and abstaining for certain things. And you've got the others, man, they're liberated. They're like, woohoo, we can eat whatever we want. We can go where we want. We've got great social position. And you've got all this tension within the house churches of Rome. And Paul basically says, hey, Jews and Gentiles, they're in Rome. You're all. The first part of the whole book of Romans is just basically concluding that everybody has failed. Everybody's screwed up. Everybody's shown injustice or lack of mercy or love. But he says, when we were enemies, Christ died for us. If that's the case, if while we were enemies, Christ died... What kind of model is that for us to live? Can we find our enemies and pour ourselves out sacrificially for them? Give them grace, create space for them, allow them to come into relationship with us, even though they're different. Come into relationship, come together, be together, and there within that context, there could be reconciliation, there could be peace, and there could be change. The most important thing is there can be change. The thing about human beings is we can change. We've seen it happen. We've seen people change. I've changed. I'm a better person than I was 20 years ago. In some ways. In some ways, maybe I'm not. But our family's going to do something this year. and I'll I'll end the podcast with this. Uh, Where our family is going to do a Christmas card. And in the Christmas card, the whole family, my kids, my, my, my daughter-in-laws, my son-in-laws, my ch- grandchildren, and we're all going to hold up different signs that show our different perspectives. You know, vaxxers and anti-vaxxers. We got, we got the whole spectrum. We've got liberal. We've got conservative. We've got so, on the spiritual and religious scale, we've got folks that go to church and folks that don't. But in all of that, there's a place that we can be together. And there's the place of love, that family and and that closeness. So I can just imagine the sign now, the pictures of us standing there holding our little little platforms, our our little pet ideas or thoughts. At the end of the day, we love one another. And that's close blood. But you know, we're all of one blood. We're all the same Do a 23andMe and see how many people you're connected to. See the path, the journey of your ancestry from Africa through the Fertile Crescent into Asia Minor, for me, up into Europe, Northern Europe, back down into Southern Europe and settling up into 
Ireland and, and uh, Central um, Europe. That's us. That's everybody. We just about, I just about covered every, every people in my journey to coming to who I am and where I am genetically and biologically. We're all of one blood. So let's show grace to one another as brothers and sisters. And let's give people space to change. And let's get into relationship with people so that we can help and they can help us because we get to hear voices too when we're in relationship. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, you can hear uh, more out on the robmassey.com website. Uh, I've got other, other podcasts. I've got other episodes. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this and we'll look forward to getting back with you again soon.